A lot can happen between falling in love with a house online and owning it. Between imagining living there and breathing in your new home for the first time. Having an advocate who can help you navigate the complex world of financing, inspections, negotiating, analyzing the market, and talking through any anxieties that may pop up, that can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors and bound by a code of ethics. Because that's who we are. Good morning. Roto experts. To the end zone. The mark of fantasy excellence. You have to be careful about who you think is stepping forward on the depth chart. It's caught for a touchdown. You are now tuned in to the Roto Experts. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. Good morning and welcome back to the second week of the Roto Experts New Morning Pod- Podcast. I am Scott Engel, the Managing Director of RotoExperts.com. I am the king. I am fantasy. Here with you five days a week on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network as we get ready for Super Bowl Sunday. A uh, big week coming up here on the Fantasy Sport, uh, Sports Radio Network. A lot of Super Bowl talk as we get ready for... A big week, the Patriots and the Rams. We are coming off a uh, a very silly Pro Bowl, as uh, everybody has talked about. Probably the most comedic Pro Bowl in the uh, history of the game, from everything from offensive players playing defense to the uh, trophy falling apart during the presentation. I don't even know why they play this game anymore. It's the one football game I don't watch every year. Uh, so other than the Pro Bowl, you know, we're not going to waste time about it today. Uh, I'm sure listening to the morning after, you're going to hear the rants, uh, whether live or on demand, about how the Pro Bowl just shouldn't be played anymore. And I've went over this ad nauseum. Make sure you uh, you also listen to the Roto Experts Weekend Edition, 9 to noon every Sunday with myself and Joe Galina with a special Super Bowl edition uh, coming up. Uh, on Super Bowl Sunday will be part of a big block for the big game, so looking forward to that. So uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about some baseball news, uh, one piece of baseball news uh, that's going to make a difference in uh, the way some of you drafts that draft, uh, pitching a little bit. You know, one name that I think you want to hear because he's very relevant, even though he's far down in, uh, in, in uh, NFBC ADP so far. But uh, just some pieces of news here in the NFL. Uh, there is, according to public reports, there is zero chance that Tom Brady is going to retire after this season. Uh, Patriot haters, uh, too bad. I guess uh, you know you wanted to see him retire, uh, but it's it's not going to happen. As far as fantasy football goes. Tom Brady was not in the top 12 uh, this past season. He had a very disappointing uh, fantasy season. He was QB 14 on the year uh, during the 2018 season. 4,355 passing yards, 29 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. That doesn't look like it sucks, but when you look at things on a game-to-game basis and where – 
the guy was being drafted as a top five quarterback in a lot of situations. It was a very disappointing season for Tom Brady. Uh, you have to remember that that Rob Gronkowski uh, really did not play up to expectations. Julian Edelman was suspended. He lost Josh Gordon at one point. Tom Brady naturally adapted and became more of a short, uh, short thrower, high percentage guy. Uh, I don't think he can really throw downfield like he used to uh, consistently, but he can still air it out uh, from time to time. Uh, you saw the the long touchdown pass to Philip Dorsett. I don't know if I'd write Brady off as a deep passer just yet. Uh, he really doesn't have the weapons other than occasionally throwing to Philip Dorsett. Chris Hogan no longer strikes anybody as a deep threat. He doesn't put fear into the hearts of any defense anymore. So with any good quarterback, I think especially to see the statistics, look, Brady's still winning games, obviously, but we're talking from a fantasy perspective here that, you know, he just doesn't put up the numbers that he did in the past. And for him to finish not in the top 12 was a big disappointment fantasy-wise. Can he bounce back and be a QB1 next year? Uh, I think it all, all depends on what they surround him with. Now, Gronkowski, we don't know if he's going to be back. You know, there's a lot of buzz, but there's no solid speculation. I mean, there's no solid report that this is going to be the end. A lot of people are assuming that it's going to be the end because Gronkowski is just not playing like he used to and that he looks like he's towards the end of the line. But is there a chance that maybe the Patriots find a way to somehow bring Rob Gronkowski back? Uh, does he still want to play the game of football? Uh, I don't think he's come out and said whether he still want, wants to play or not. Uh, right now he's focused on the Super Bowl. Uh, I think if some reporter stuck a mic in his face during media day, he'd probably say what every player would say. Uh, you know, that he's just focused on this week and he's focused on the Super Bowl. Probably a more, more fun answer coming from uh, Rob Gronkowski, but you still get the answer. Uh, he's due $9 million next year, uh, plus $750,000 in bonuses, and then he becomes a free agent. So is there something that uh, the Patriots can work out with him if he wants to continue to play? But whether he comes back or not, he's not going to be a major factor. Uh, this team will still be able to count on Julian Edelman, who is still playing spectacular football. But you know, James White became a, a uh, premier fantasy running back for a good chunk of the season, and he's doing it again during for the fantasy playoffs. For those of you playing in playoff-style fantasy football leagues, uh, because he's throwing the ball a lot to James White out of the backfield, and the Rams are going to be very, very well aware of that. But I don't think that's something Tom Brady wants to do and the Patriots want to do ideally is throwing the ball so much out of the backfield. They really need to bolster the receiving core for next season. And that probably means, you know, that maybe that they go after uh, somebody in free agency. That can uh, that can really make a difference there, and I've talked a lot about uh, how Golden Tate is a free agent. Golden Tate would be uh, he'd be a decent fit, but I th I think they want they want somebody more that can stretch the field. John Brown is a free agent, 
And uh, I think John Brown would be a really good fit in New England. And he gives it, he gives them another deep guy. And if Gronkowski goes, you know, does this team make a play for Jared Cook? Did he make a team play for Tyler Eifert? It's clear. Now, look, you look at a team on paper and you look at what they do in real life and they're two different things. The Patriots have proven that they don't need to be perfect on paper in order for them to get to the Super Bowl. All they need is Brady and Belichick and McDaniel, and they're pretty much good to go. But they do want to be more potent, I think, next year in terms of the deep passing game if they feel they can improve. Uh, You know, they are in the bottom 12 in terms of salary cap, so they probably have to clear up some room in order to get some more playmakers in that passing game. But I don't think John Brown would cost a lot. Uh... And, you know, that's the type of deep threat I think they're missing in their passing game right now. You know, Philip Dorsett is not the answer. He came into the league as a a deep guy. So uh, I'll be interested to see where John Brown goes. If he he goes to a team like New England, who I think needs a player like that, needs needs a deep threat like that, uh, that can only help Todd Brady. John Brown has always been inconsistent and overrated from a fantasy perspective. But if he goes to a team like New England, if he goes to the Patriots, you know, that could certainly boost his fantasy outlook. He's not going to be Brandon Cooks. We saw the Patriots try the Brandon Cooks thing. Uh, Didn't work out for a year. They got rid of him really quickly. We saw him try the Josh Gordon thing. I don't think the Patriots feel that they have to spend a lot of money on a guy who's going to fill a role. When Josh Gordon came to the Patriots, he came more there as a as a deep, just a pure deep threat more than anything. And when you look at uh, the free agents that are out there, he's probably one of the best, if not the best, in terms of uh, fitting with, where they wouldn't have to spend a lot of money and, and also just being available in terms of free agency. You know, this is... You never know with the Patriots, though. I, I don't think they have the, the money to make a trade for Antonio Brown, and I don't think the Steelers would trade him to the Patriots either. So I think that's dead before we even start talking about it because the last thing that the Steelers would want to see is the Steelers can't knock off the Patriots. You know, that's the one thing. You look at Steelers' history, the most Super Bowls, et cetera, but as a Steelers fan, I just, I'd be pretty pissed off at the Patriots because... They've never been able to see them to knock it off, knock them off at all when it counts. Uh, so you know that's the last thing they want to see in the playoffs is Antonio Brown uh, blocking their path to the Super Bowl. Randall Cobb is another guy that maybe they can consider in free agency as well. Uh, but the trouble, the trouble with Cobb is the same thing as we see the trouble with Brown is staying healthy. Although Brown stayed on the field this year. Uh, Adam Humphreys is another name that they consider. And another name that's out there, I think the guy's kind of overrated. If you look at his game log, uh, you know, he's not, he's not too good. And fantasy players, I think, blow him up more than he deserves to. I think Terrell Williams would be a great fit also on the New England Patriots, you know, in addition to John Brown. And the you look towards next year, and uh, if the Patriots want to get that deep threat, maybe Terrell Williams makes even more sense than, than Phil Dor- than John Brown because he's a big target. And I think they would like to get a big receiver out there who can stretch the field. And I think you know, it, it hasn't been Chris Hogan, 
Uh, you know, Terrell Williams, it really depends on where he goes because he was just an occasional playmaker with the Chargers. I think if he goes to the Patriots, I don't know if consistency will still be there, but if he plays that Josh Gordon role, though, he might be a little bit more attractive in New England than he was in Los Angeles. Again, it is a niche role, but I think he would fit it uh, very well. I don't know if that uh, the Patriots would give Martavis Bryant really a chance at all, uh, and I don't, I don't think he's the answer either. Uh, I think Terrell Williams and John Brown, when you look at the free agent list, are, are really the best fits. Uh, Dontrell Inman is also a free agent. Maybe the Colts will want him back, but he's nearly, nearly not really a stretch-to-field kind of guy. Uh, would they take a flyer on Brashad Perriman? I think the Patriots would really want to get somebody who they feel is a little bit more proven than that. Uh, you know, they could they could take a flyer on on a guy like like that on a, a lower end guy like like that, uh, and not have to pay a lot of money. Uh, Robbie Anderson's a restricted free agent. And I think he's going back to the Jets. So I'm really not looking for anything to uh, to happen there. But there are a lot of, like, secondary guys out there. Uh, you know, I've mentioned a few out there on free agency who, who are considered stretch-to-field types, but just, you know, have checkered histories, et cetera, are not proven. I think the guys that are really proven more than anything are really Terrell Williams and John Brown, and they can make a really good fit. Uh, with the Patriots, I'll uh, I'll be watching to see uh, how the Rams are going to deal with Sony Michelle. Uh, doing my early ranks on RotoExperts.com, which are going to come out soon. I really have Sony Michelle is uh, you know a high end RB two. I know that I know there's a narrative out there that. The Patriots love to use a committee and that Bill Belichick absolutely hates fantasy player, but players, but as we've seen, this is a committee that can work as long as they don't overwork Sony Michelle. Cause the problem with Sony Michelle dating back to college is, is that health is an issue. We even saw him miss some games. They're not afraid to give him 15, 18 carries, but you know, this team eats up time and possession a lot. Uh, Sony Michelle to me, has really improved as the season has went on, and you see it in the playoffs. And when a guy like that performs so well in the playoffs, you really have to take notice of Sony Michelle because playing well in the postseason, that's when the lights are the brightest in the football. It, the, the play is just the most intense. And for Sony Michelle to start delivering his best games of the season when it counts most should really count for something. As we look ahead to towards 2019 drafts, or you look ahead towards keeper decisions, if uh, if you can only keep two or three guys, after watching the way Sony Michelle played this past year, you're going to have to give him strong keeper consideration. Is probably as a, as a third keeper, as a high end RB two. Now, if this guy was to be the only running back in the uh, in the backfield for the Patriots, he would be an RB one, but it's still going to be a lot of Sony Michelle and James White next year. But I think the Patriots have probably found their best running back since Corey Dillon. 
in terms of just being a pure ball carrier. And, you know, this guy doesn't need 25 carries a game in order to produce really good numbers. And this this Patriots offense, whether it gets more playmakers during the offseason or it doesn't, is going to continue to give him a ton of opportunities to score. Now, of course, people, you know, crab and bitch a lot about the whole James Devlin thing. But, you know, that happens every once in a while. I think people are really starting to overrate it just because it happened within a short window during the season. But it's an anomaly. I hear so many fantasy analysts and so many players uh, talking about, oh, I'm worried about James Devlin and him stealing carries from Sony Michelle. Look, you see in the playoffs with the Patriots that when it really counts, Sony Michelle is the goal line back. There's no goal line runner in the NFL who gets 100% of all the goal line work throughout a regular season. Every once in a while, especially on a team like the Patriots, where they're always trying to think a step ahead of the, the opposition, they, they're going to give the ball to somebody near the goal line that you don't expect it. You know, you see it. You see it every week. You know, you watch uh, you watch NFL Fantasy Live, and they got these guys that score at the goal line, and then they do their that helps no one thing. Because every week, you know, there's like a fullback in New Orleans or Green Bay that's going to get a goal line carry. That doesn't mean you should worry about the main ball carry because Sony Michelle is good. No matter what the offense looks like next year for the New England Patriots, whether it's it stays like it is now and it, it, it becomes very running back heavy or, you know, they pick up a Terrell Williams, they pick up a John Brown, they pick up a Tyler Eifert, they pick up a Jared Cook or somebody like that, and uh, it's a more balanced offense. Long as Tom Brady's there, you know, that team's going to move into scoring position, and that number one running back for them is going to be Sony Michelle. I think uh, I think there were stretches where Michelle was a little quiet because I feel like he wasn't 100%, but I love what I see about him during the playoffs. This team just has to make sure that they don't overwork him uh, so he doesn't get banged up because that's the one thing with Sony Michelle, like I've already said, and like we've already seen, is that he's going to get banged up. So, look, the Patriots are already looking ahead to the Super Bowl. They're not looking ahead to 2019, but we can start looking ahead to 2019 with the Patriots as well and, uh, you know, seeing how things are going to flesh out there. Uh, the one thing that I'm really going to miss seeing from uh, from this Super Bowl is I would have loved to see the Rams with Cooper Cup. Yeah, you can see it in the numbers that Jared Goff really wasn't good from week 12 on, uh, fantasy-wise, except for week 16. And he's putting up game manager-type numbers in the Super Bowl. I mean, in the playoffs as they go to the Super Bowl. And that that could be a real problem in the Super Bowl because the Patriots, as everybody knows, and this is another narrative here, is that they do they they do a great job of taking away an opponent's best weapon. Uh, they really did it to Tyreek Tyree Hill in uh, in the, NF, the AFC Championship game. And I think what they do here is I think it's pretty clear that the game plan defensively is going to be come, come out, uh, take Todd Gurley out of the game, and make Jared Goff beat them. And Jared Goff, since uh, he lost Cooper Cup, has not performed nearly as well. I would love to see this Rams team with Cooper Cup playing against the the Patriots in the Super Bowl. 
I, I think it'd be even more of a chance for the Rams to uh, pull off the victory that the entire world outside of Dot Avenue in Boston wants to see them pull off. Josh Reynolds, a uh, great article by Davis Maddock on rotoexperts.com uh, when he talks about next-gen stats and how, how what an what a average cushion Josh Reynolds gets from uh, opposing defensive backs. The Patriots are going to be very focused on, uh, on Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks, but uh, they're also going to have to watch the fact that, you know, if the Rams see this on film and they know this, but the Patriots know it as well, especially if Davis Maddock knows it, the coaches are going to know it. Is that is that uh, you know they're going to give him a lot of cushion if Jared Goff sees that? You know he's going he's going to get the ball to Josh Reynolds, so you know that makes Josh Reynolds an interesting DFS play this week as well. But you know, as Davis points out in his article, if they're going to load the box. Jared Goff is go- is going to go go to the line. You know he's going to audible, and he's going to throw out of out of those running sets. So you know it's going to be on the secondary really to play a very very good game. But it's also even more going to be on Jared Goff to maybe carry this team more in Super Bowl Fifty Three than uh you know than the Rams would ideally like. Uh, I think the Patriots are really going to come in and try to stop the running game here. Uh, that's that's what the Saints were able to do in the NFC Championship game, and they were in position to win the game uh, because they played pretty good. I, the Saints played pretty good defense overall, I believe. Although in that final drive, uh, they really let Goff walk down the field and uh, put them in position for the, the Rams for the winning, which ultimately proved to be the winning score. And I think that really has to boost Jared Goff's confidence going into Super Bowl 53. But look, Todd Gurley has two weeks to heal, and there's a lot of speculation because he had a few weeks to heal before the playoffs started, and he still didn't look 100%. So, you know, there's that too. But even if Gurley isn't still 100%, the uh, the Rams have showed that they have full confidence in C.J. Anderson. Uh, who they pulled off the scrap heap after the Panthers got rid of him, after the Raiders got rid of him. And Anderson's going to want to play well because Anderson uh, is playing not only playing in the Super Bowl, but he's also playing for some money. C.J. Anderson is an unrestricted free agent. You know, why is he going to stay with the Rams here when he could probably go out somewhere and uh, probably vie for a starting job? Yeah, you know, the he, he probably believes he can do it. He's proven that he can do it late in the season and during the playoffs. You know, C.J. Anderson, there are a few teams that need a running back out there. And, uh, you know, he could go anywhere from Miami to Tampa Bay to Philadelphia. I think Philadelphia is probably going to look for maybe for more marquee guy uh, or one that just hasn't been lightning in a bottle throughout the last few few weeks. Uh, but there are, you know, maybe the Houston Texans give C.J. Anderson a shot uh, somewhere where he can compete for a starting job. Uh, C.J. Anderson, who played so well at the end of the regular season and in the playoffs, except for last week, wants to make some money in the open market. Well, he's got to have a good Super Bowl. And, uh, you know, especially if Todd Gurley's uh, not 100%. And it certainly looks like 
he hasn't been 100%. And how, how, how much confidence can we really have, uh, you know, going into the Super Bowl that he's going to be 100%? He's going to be a very, very dicey fantasy play. And I, I already hear, uh, you know, some fantasy analysts, like, worrying about his status for next season. Will he be a full-time back? I think it's overblown it a little bit because he's hurt right now. And, and it's, not, it's not a major, major injury because he's able to play through it enough to be on the field part-time and on some key passing downs, I don't think you can assume that Todd Gurley is not going to be a workhorse for next season. But this game is going to be on Jared Cook's shoulders, no matter what the running game looks like, because the Patriots are going to come out and they're going to look to defend the run. You know That's what they're going to do. And uh, you know, that puts the game on the shoulders of Jared Goff, who's been very, very up and down since the bye week. That's exactly how the Patriots want to game plan it. Uh, I think they want to control the ball. And if the Patriots win the coin flip, uh, I think they're going to come out and do the same thing that uh, they did in the uh, in the, the AFC Championship game. They're going to dominate the clock. And they're going to say, go ahead and try to stop our running backs. You know, we're going to ram it down your throat. Uh, the Rams have played against the run much better in the playoffs. They were 23rd against the run in the playoffs. And, you know, they do have Sue up front. They do have Donald up front. You know, they got to, they got some fast linebackers there as well. They were 23rd against the run in the regular season. But Tom Brady can say, okay, I'll throw the ball to James White and Rex Burkhead in space. If you're expecting the run, because the Patriots and Josh McDaniels, everybody talks about Brady and Belichick. Does, does Josh McDaniels really get 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 enough credit, you know, for what he's done in this offense? Because he left New England for a little while. It seems like when everybody talks about Brady and Belichick and the Patriots' legacy, they forget Josh McDaniels. You know, Josh, Belichick is not the one devising the offensive game plan by himself. You know, Josh McDaniels and Brady obviously have a great professional working relationship here. And if if the Rams come out and say, you know, we gotta stop their running game, but we gotta stop Stony Michelle, well, the Patriots are always gonna be a step ahead coaching wise and say, okay, you know, we're just we're just going to throw to our receiving running backs in space, James White and Rex Burkhead, and there's another way to move the ball. We've seen it way back dating to the days when they had Kevin Falk that in those days, the Patriots didn't have a consistent running game, but even with Shane Vereen in Super Bowl Forty Nine, uh, they and during that year, you know, they used this, the flat and short passing games to the running backs as an extension of the running game itself. So I think you have to remember that. I think that's why I like James White a lot in the Super Bowl. Uh, Rex Burkhead can always play a nifty role. But the, you know the Patriots are gonna are gonna come out and do what they're going to do. Uh, you know they're going to uh, very methodically uh, drive the ball down the field, try to keep that Rams offense off the field as much as possible, just like they they tried to do with the Chiefs. You know the Patriots are going to exert their will. We we we've, we've seen this already in two playoff games, and if they can run the ball effectively, they can find a way to do that. They're going to do that. If not, they're going to throw it out of, the, out of the backfield to their running backs. But if they get the coin flip first, you can guarantee that it's going to be a sustained drive. And when you're looking at prop bets, if it's going to be a long, sustained drive, 
when I'm looking at the prop bet of like who's going to score the first uh, touchdown in Super Bowl 53, I'm going to say Sony Michelle. Because whether it's by running the ball or throwing high percentage passes out of the backfield, the Patriots may win the coin flip and get in position to score. And if I want to bet on who's going to score the first touchdown of Super Bowl 53, Sony Michelle has been the ticket into the end zone easy for the New England Patriots. They know he can ram his way into the end zone and they're not going to go away from it, especially when another Super Bowl trophy is on the line. So I think if I had to bet who would be second on that list, I'd, you know, I'd probably say swing pass to James White. But, look, you never know who's going to win the coin flip. You can't predict that. You know, that's that's total luck. You know, that's why it is a coin flip. But uh, if the Patriots do win the coin flip, I'm expecting them to come out and score right away. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see you three and out from the Rams because, uh, you know, the Patriots are going to be very ready for this game defensively. But, uh, you know, my original point was is that I very much would have liked to see Cooper Cup play in this game. Cooper Cup is one of my favorites. Uh, a lot of people who listen to the network know that I was very big on Cooper Cup uh, as a rookie. Uh, Corey Parson loves him now because, you know, Corey listens to my fantasy advice and I turned him on to Cooper Cup. And uh, obviously he, he knows well that uh, – you know, my advice is to be listened to if he want to start to improve in fantasy football. So that's why you quote Corey Parsons saying, I love Cooper Cup because, you know, the, the king told him about it. You know, that's how he learned about Cooper Cup. You're listening to the Roto Experts uh, daily podcast here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We're on demand five days a week. Uh, look more for more of the top 100 fantasy football players of 2018 Coming out today on the Fantasy Football Frenzy and also on rotoexperts.com. We'll get into the the top 50 this week, uh, starting with players uh, 60 to 51. Actually, I believe it's 50. I'm sorry, 50 to 41 today on Monday. And on Friday, they will reveal the top 10. Uh, You can check out all the installments of the first 50 of the top 100 fantasy football players of 2018 right now on rotoexperts.com. Another story that's been out there is that the Eagles may be one of the top contenders for Kareem Hunt services. And it looks like uh, for some of the points we're seeing, now look, it's hard to make a solid prediction of what the future looks like for Kareem Hunt because you never know which way the league is going to go on these things. Everybody tried to predict what happened with Ezekiel Elliott. Everybody tried to predict what was going to happen with Le'Veon Bell. And we were all wrong. You never know which way the league is going to go. But, you know, public reports are already out there that uh, the Eagles could be a big player for the services of Kareem Hunt. Uh, We'll have to wait and see how the NFL rules on this first. But you expect him to be suspended for a certain amount of games. If it ends up being half a season, the Eagles really want to go after Kareem Hunt and you know have him just as a second half guy, because then it'll be a guy that can play in training camp, he can play in exhibition games. If he gets suspended for like more than four games, the Eagles are gonna clear salary cap room to go after a running back. You know, why not go after Mark Ingram instead? I would say instead of Kareem Hunt. I think if there's a team that's already out there, maybe they're looking to bolster their running game, although 
you think with the Eagles that they may want to have a committee. So maybe they signed Tevin Coleman and Kareem Hunt. Maybe they signed Mike Davis and Kareem Hunt. You know I've been already waving the Mike Davis free agent flag this offseason as a possible sleeper. Maybe Mike Davis can plug in until Kareem Hunt comes back. But I think if I'm the Eagles, Doug Peterson wants to have a committee. I would say Tevin Coleman and maybe bring in another running back there. Uh, you know, another physical type compliment for, for Tevin Coleman. I don't think they're going to bring back Jay Ajayi, but if they were to have Tevin Coleman and say Jay Ajayi together, that would be a really nice one-two punch, but you can't stand on, you can't count on Jay Ajayi to really stay healthy. Uh, you know, there are guys like Bilal Powell out there. Uh, you know, maybe they can plug in a Bilal Powell and give him some extra work. Uh, until a Kareem Hart would come back. But I, I think a more ideal fit personally, but I'm not Doug Peterson. We've seen from Doug Peterson already that he pretty much likes to run a committee. But I think one running back could solve the problem. And I constantly talk about Mark Ingram, and I think he would just be a great, great fit in Philadelphia. But, you know, that team has to clear salary cap room. You, you've heard me say it as well. Uh, Le'Veon Bell would be the absolute perfect fit to go to the Philadelphia Eagles, but right now they don't they don't have the cap room, and what would they be able to do to, to get under the cap, to get a levy on Bell? You know, that another free agent that I haven't spoken about that's really out there is uh, Latavius Murray, and, you know, maybe they get, say, a combination of Latavius Murray and Tevin Coleman. You know, I'm trying to get real creative here. I'm just, I'm just throwing crap up against the wall here because I think uh, the Eagles are much better off getting a Kareem Hunt if, uh, if say the suspension is not more four games or Mark Ingram. But they could sort of prove two prong it with like Latavius Murray and T.J. Yeldon, Latavius Murray and Bilal Powell or something like that. You know, if if Doug Peterson wants to stick with a timeshare or or if he wants to uh you know use a committee i think that's more of the direction that he should go in you know combining a physical inside runner along with a pass receiver so i would be shocked if kareem hunt doesn't even get a chance to play in the nfl next year and he gets suspended for a very long time because you have to remember this was on video and, you know, the NFL is going to send a message. A lot of people feel that the NFL botched things up with the, the way they handled the Ray Rice situation and some other situations. So they have to be very, very careful because, you know, this is going to send a message. When Kareem Hunt steps, steps back on a football field, no matter and if he does, no matter what it is, there's going to be people that are going to protest in a big way. So the NFL is really going to have to come up with a real way to say, hey, we take this very, very seriously. And I don't think anybody knows what the future holds for Kareem Hunt. Yeah, I'm already getting keeper questions about Kareem Hunt. And a lot of keeper deadlines are not uh, not this early, but people are already thinking about it, uh, even though the deadlines are not this early. Uh, right now, you have, to, you have to shove Kareem Hunt aside if you're in a close decision with another player because you just don't know what the future is going to be. If you don't know whether to keep Kareem Hunt or say, or say Sony Michelle, well, I'm going to lead towards keeping Sony Michelle because I, I know that he's he's not suspended. He's he's on the way up. If I'm thinking Kareem Hunt or Chris Carson, 
Well, Chris Carson, I think, is going to be a part-time guy with Rashad Penny next year. But at least uh, if he doesn't get hurt, I expect him to play a full schedule. So I might I might actually lead towards, say, Chris Carson or Devonta Freeman or in those cases. If I, I just don't know how much Kareem Hunt is going to play and where he, what situation is he going to land in. Uh, Oakland's got a lot of salary cap room, and you know, maybe Gruden wants to take something like that on, but uh, you know, I think that would be a long shot as well. So it's very, very hard to make decisions about Kareem Hunt, but it'll be very, very interesting to see what Philadelphia does to address their running back situation uh, going into next year. Uh, fantasy baseball note, uh, it looks like Jimmy Nelson uh, says he's going to be ready for spring training. And this is some good fantasy news, but you know this is, this is a reason right here where you have to watch spring training. Uh, you know, exhibition baseball is not useless. I think it becomes more useless when you get to the seventh, eighth, and ninth innings and guys you won't see in the majors for four or five years of playing. But, you know, here's a reason to really watch spring training. Jimmy Nelson missed the entire 2018 season with a shoulder injury, but this guy was great uh, in 2017 before he got hurt. And I think he's a guy you got to take a flyer on. You know, I thought Nelson was going to come come back around towards midseason last year, and it just did not happen. If uh, if he is actually ready for spring training, as he says, his goal is ready to be be ready for opening day. Uh, then you got to watch this carefully. Now, this is going to change his NFBC ADP. I'm going to be careful about this over the next week, but. Right now, his NFBC ADP is 255. So if you've already had a high-stakes draft and you got Jimmy Nelson that late, well, you're feeling pretty good because the last time we saw him, uh, 29 games in 2017, he was 12-6 and six with a 349 ERA and a 125 whip, 175 and a third innings pitch, 171 hits, and uh, 199 strikeouts. Uh you know, we, we saw we, we saw really uh, him dominate hitters in terms of strikeouts like he had never done in his career before. In 2016, uh, 179 innings pitched, uh, 30 innings pitched, 140 strikeouts. So Jimmy Nelson was evolving into a different kind of pitcher in 2017. You know, I had spoke to him in his locker about the improvements that he made, you know, in his pitch selection, his approach, his mentality, etc. And, you know, being out of baseball for a year now throws that all out of whack. It changes your focus. You know, a lot of a lot of baseball, so much of baseball is between the years. And when you look at Jimmy Nelson in 2017, he had really positioned himself mentally in a good way, a good approach. But missing a year throws everything out of whack, and he got back on track to where he was, his mentality for 2017 because – you know, he's going to have to worry about his health. There's going to be some worries between the years there about his health. I could interview him this year and he'll tell me, you know, he's not worried about it. He feels good. But uh, it's just a different mentality to spend an entire offseason coming back from an injury where he was he was very, very comfortable in 2017 when he was hurt. Very optimistic. Uh, when I interviewed him in 2017 during the season, uh, he, he was very excited about his outlook and just – all the work that he had done during that 2016 offseason to get where he was in 2017. Now it's a new focus, 
and it's just about getting back to basics with with Jimmy Nelson. I don't I don't know if you can really worry about dominating hitters, but I think at the very least, as long as he stays healthy, he can be a very serviceable fantasy pitcher. Can he can he recapture his old form? Uh, I think that's a lot to ask coming off a year off, but uh, I think Jimmy Nelson is going to be someone that I want to draft as say my fifth uh, fantasy starter. If uh, you know, at least right now, knowing that there's a possibility that he can be back for spring training, I actually drafted him in one league last year, and I held on to him until midseason when it was clear that he wasn't coming back. So uh, we'll talk a lot more baseball as well, but uh, this is Super Bowl week here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and uh, lots more Super Bowl talk coming from me as you can listen to the Roto Experts in the morning here every day on demand. Uh, We'll see you tomorrow with more football talk and uh, more baseball updates. Thanks for listening, and always interact with me on Twitter at at Scotty. Roto X, so you can be a part of the show.